Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast designed to help you lead your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I am your host, Ron Kaiser. I'm a positive health psychologist and also a TEDx and keynote speaker and author of the best-selling and award-winning book, Rejuvenating, The Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My podcast is the one you're listening to, Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. My website is the Mental Health Gym, your source of all kinds of information about wellness, positive psychology, rejuvenating, and wellness in general, how to become the best version of yourself. Listeners to the podcast know that that's the theme of our podcast is to bring on interesting guests who lead their own lives with enthusiasm and can help each of us to lead our lives in a way that can enable us to be the best version of ourselves. And today's guest is somebody really special. Nate Palmer started working as a personal trainer in 2009 but quickly became obsessed with helping busy people get in great shape despite the challenges of travel, family, and life in general getting in the way. Nate pulls from his experience in training thousands of people in the world and online as well as personally. Nate is also the author of a couple of books that emphasize his approach to life and staying in shape One is Passport Fitness, and he just came out with the Million Dollar Body Method. So our eyes should light up. I don't know if you do it, whether you wind up becoming a millionaire or going to feel like one, but we'll be interested in finding that out. Nate, we're so happy to have you on Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Welcome to our podcast. Looking forward to our conversation. Thanks for having me on, Dr. Ron. I'm super excited to dive in. I think we've got some cool stuff to talk about today. Well, I'm sure we do. And in my introduction, I, aside from mentioning that you got obsessed about helping people, which as a psychologist, my ears perked up uh, right away. Uh, but it sounds like this was a, a healthy obsession, but maybe you can tell us a little bit about your journey to get to, to be who you are. Sure. Let's, you want to just go deep right off the bat? Let's, let's do this. Sure. Sure. You know, this is, you know, this is the real world. You know? This is, this is safe place. Right? Right? So I read your book. So I know you don't mind going deep and telling it like it is. Cool. So what, like when I was growing up, I think I was always kind of interested in physical culture. I always wanted to be like, you know, the Arnold Schwarzeneggers, the superheroes and stuff like that. And then one day I was 11 or 12 and my parents were out of the house and someone knocked on the door. And I didn't recognize them. They came around the back and broke into my house. And so I did what any 12-year-old would do. I grabbed a steak knife from the kitchen, ran into my room, locked the door, and hid under the bed with the steak knife. And I just remember feeling so powerless in that moment, just so scared of everything that I kind of got to this point where I was like, you know, if I just have a bigger meat suit, if I just was more powerful of a person, like this won't happen to me. I won't ever feel like this again. And I think that's when I kind of started working out more or trying to develop some of like these physical attributes that I was looking for, you know, because of this incident. But what I found along the way was that like no amount of muscle or additional body mass or anything like that really made me feel any kind of way. But what I did discover was that 
throughout the process of committing to a goal and staying the course. And then, you know, having like looking back at my tenure of like two years, three years, 10 years of training and nutrition and dialing these sorts of things in the self-confidence, the self-esteem, and just the general positivity I brings, it brings to my life was so much more than I even had anticipated when I was like, okay, if I just have bigger biceps, no one will mess with me. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So it's really kind of a mental and emotional thing as much as it is a physical thing. I mean, you need the physical structure to feel that way about yourself, but it's, as I said, more than just feeling, you know, physically strong. So much more, so much more. So I feel like a lot of people ask me like, how do I build self-esteem or how do I build confidence? You know, and this, I get this from people, not just guys who are 22 fresh out of college, but people who are in their forties, executives, been very successful in their jobs and businesses, have families, people in their sixties who are like, I just don't feel like I don't have this positive self-esteem. And what I really feel like it comes down to is doing daily, what I call esteemable actions. So if you say, I'm going to be, I'm going to go hit the gym. I'm going to make my, like a salad for lunch. I'm going to eat these healthy foods. You do those, you execute on those. And every time you do that, it just like puts one little token in your self-esteem. And over time you just build that up. And so, yeah, you get the physical benefits because no one's going to argue that walking more and running and being active and doing some weightlifting is super good for you, healthy for you. And just like generally positive, but the mental and emotional side no one talks about it. And it's, and it's equally, if not more positive for a lot of people. So is there a, a way to start first? I mean, do you start trying to eat right? Do you start trying to exercise, going to the gym, more casual exercise? You know, if, if somebody is just starting out and saying, hey, you know, what Nate's saying makes a whole lot of sense, but I don't know where to start. What would you tell somebody like that? Such a great question. So I think that one of the things that people don't really give enough credence to is walking. I think walking is this amazing, amazing ability that humans have. So I think it's one of our superpowers. We can walk incredibly long distances. And I think that can be a very beneficial way to start because I believe that if you like, in terms of, in terms of physique, how do you lose fat, have more muscle, look awesome. Cause I kind of, that's like my frame. That's how I look at things a lot. Most of the time in terms of physique, walking is amazing because it burns a lot of fat calories it is low intensity. So you can use it as kind of like recovery as, as well. It's a great intro. Plus it doesn't beat up your body the same way that jogging does or going in and doing squats wrong or different things like that. So to start off, like just to give you someone like a very, very specific, simple thing to do is start walking 30 to 45 minutes every single day and just have that as a non-negotiable in your life. But I think the second thing here is not just necessarily like, hey, here's a physical thing and make sure you eat salads for lunch or whatever that ends up looking like, but it's making a decision. And it's making because I think that our identity, right, is based on our previous behaviors and what we did in the past. I'm the kind of person who does X. I've always been this way, whatever, right? So we like, we use our past as a reference point for who we are. Instead, if we can kind of flip that and start talking to ourselves in a different way and be like, you know what? I'm not the person who sits on the couch and watches Netflix and drinks. I don't, I'm not a person who drinks beer. I'm not a person who drinks soda. I'm not a person who watches five hours of TV at a time. And you start reframing and being like, I am the type of person who eats healthy, who goes on walks. And we watch how we talk to ourselves. We make that firm decision where it's like, there's not, it's not like, yeah, I'm going to do stuff. And like 90% of the time I'm going to get there. And then 10% of the time I can, I'll have whatever I want to. But you have this binary switch of like, no, I walk every single day, 30 minutes, non-negotiable. That's who I am now. 
I think that is such a huge component to this because otherwise you can have good intentions, hit your walk for two weeks. And then when things get a little busier, you just stop doing it. There's no, there's like, there's no kind of repercussion for that. But when you make that choice that stays with you. Yeah, that's such wonderful advice. And I can uh, attest to the fact that especially nowadays during the COVID-19 pandemic, it is one of the forms of safe exercise that's available to us. I know I have been hesitant to go to the gym, even though, you know, some people have told me now that it's open that a lot of people are hesitant to go so that it's fairly well spaced out and people are taking care of it. But I got into the habit of taking a 45-minute walk every day. And while it's it's for me, it's not fully adequate as, as far as a form of exercise. It's something that if I don't do it, I feel worse than if I do it, much the same way as I used to feel about the gym. And I think that's kind of part of the, the mindset that I think one acquires once somebody starts making that commitment that, you know, once, uh, once you get into that habit, I mean, it, you feel so good after a while. And I think the, the research is that 21 days is kind of a minimum to really be able to work on something to develop a habit. But you kind of cross over a line that you won't cross back over that because you're going to feel worse if you don't do it. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like, you know, when you, you've heard a song wrong for like your entire life. So for me, I always thought the song was like, don't go Jason waterfalls. I was like, who is this guy, Jason waterfalls. (laughs) And then you hear it and you're like, oh, it's chasing waterfalls. Don't go chasing waterfalls. And now you can never unhear like the real song lyric again, you know? So same way with like with exercise or eating right or whatever you, you start walking every single day, you cut out like drinking juices, sugars, sugary, like, um, coffees or whatever else you install a really good habit in your life and you go, Oh man, like I didn't know I was capable of waking up and feeling so good. So just like an awareness, you're bringing awareness to something that you can never become unaware of again. So I think it's really powerful. Yeah, that that's great. Terrific advice. Um, I know you've got a whole system going on, but can you give us a, a few general tips from a nutrition standpoint If somebody, you know, I, I don't, need to tell you with the obesity epidemic and lots of bad habits in the, in the eating area going on. You know, it's, there's a lot of people who aren't uh, eating right and can afford to change their techniques uh, in this regard. Can you give us a few, you know, basic things for somebody who, who really wants to commit to making that change? Cool. I'll give you my three top, like my best, like practical tips that you can put into, to practice right now. But I first wanted to like unpack a little bit like of why I think that the million dollar body method is a little different from a lot of diets out there. It's because you can do the million dollar body method with a ton of different diets, Mediterranean, paleo, whole 30, you can apply that diet because this is more of a framework for how you eat. And it's really based on what I've seen in both the research, but also in my clients that I've worked with over the last like 11 or 12 years. It's not so much about how do you get, how do we get something to lose weight? Because Ron, if I was like, Hey man, you got to eat tofu and then kale. And that's all you get to eat for two weeks. You could lose weight. It would suck, but you could, you would definitely lose weight. And then the second you had a bagel or had like, you know, had a drink with something, had a glass of wine, you gain that weight back. So it's not about weight loss. We know how to make people lose weight, right? It's about how do you sustain a lifestyle 
that gives you the physique that you want and gives you the energy that you want. So what I wanted to do with this, I strive to tie your nutrition to other aspects that are more important than nutrition in your life. What's your family time look like? Do you have to crash out on the couch and watch ESPN for an hour after work because you're so exhausted before you can hang out with your kids? Okay, maybe you need to think about changing that so you can be around for them. What's your business like? What's your, what are your finances like? I'm not a business coach, but I know that I can help someone make more money by helping them become more effective by giving them the focus that they need with their nutrition and their fitness. Again, just when you elevate something in someone's life, all that stuff rises up together. I got a people who are like, oh, I, like I'm overweight, but I'm killing it at work. And I'm like, man, can you imagine how much more powerful you'd be? How much more focused you'd be if you just, if we got our, your health under control as well? So that's really like, that's the, the angle I'm taking here is how can I help you attach a more powerful meaning to your food than just, I'm hungry, I'm eating this food. So if you can attach like, hey, I'm, I'm going to make more money if I, eat my, if I eat the right lunch. I'm going to have a better relationship with my daughter if I eat the correct dinner, if I wake up like this, you know? So how do we attach those more important things than nutrition or diet to our nutrition to see those long-term gains? So it's, not, it's no longer like, hey, Ron, you on a diet? And you're like, no, nah, this is just how I eat now. That's what we're trying to get to. So with that being said, my three biggest tips then would be, number one, wake up in the morning, have 32 ounces of water right off the bat refuel. You've been breathing out moist air all night. You're dehydrated when you wake up. Best thing you can do to start feeling energized in the morning is grab 32 ounces of water and just drink that when you wake up before you have coffee, before you have tea, before you have any food. It's pretty amazing. And like, if you haven't done it before, again, you'll just notice a difference awareness. Number two, best tip is no snacking snacking. We don't like most of us don't need food. Most of us don't, don't get to the point where we're like, my body's starving and it requires calories. And we especially don't get that to that point between noon and 6 p.m. This doesn't happen. So what is snacking then? Well, it's, it's one of two things. Number one, it's a, your body's thirsty and you're misinterpreting thirst signals as hunger signals because your ghrelin and leptin, your two hormones that deal with hunger are not functioning correctly because you've been, you've had a disordered relationship with food and snacking for a long time. So you have these incorrect sensations. Your body's like, Hey, we're hungry, but it's not actually hungry. It's just thirsty or maybe even bored. Or the second thing is you could be what's called insulin resistant, which means your body's not again, balancing its hormones and its chemicals correctly. So it's, it's miscuing hunger. So the only way to get away from those two things is by breaking the cycle and not snacking. You can't snack your way out of insulin resistance. So number one, 32 ounces of water in the morning. Number two, no snacking. And then the third one, and this is kind of counter to what a lot of people talk about right now, Ron, but keeping in mind that the, the goal here is a ton of a great sleep, a ton of energy, and then focus all day, move all your carbohydrates from the morning and the afternoon all to dinner. Take all your carbohydrates, ditch them in the morning and move them all to dinner. And that is my preferred strategy. Not to say like, it's, this is, this is the gospel. This is the gold standard. You have to do it like this or else there's a lot of ways to get results. But I found that this one is very, very powerful and can help you get results, not only in your fitness through fat loss, through getting the results you're looking for, but also giving you the energy that you want, helping you sleep super deep, making sure that you're not crashing at 2.30 PM because you're, because you had a Chipotle burrito and now you're like falling asleep at the desk. So yeah, thanks. That's a little long-winded explanation, but thank you. (laughs) Oh, that was great. That was great. But just so I'm not assuming anything of from anybody uh, or about anybody who may be listening, can you give us the short course on what carbohydrates are? And secondly, without getting too deep into science, 
why save them all for dinner? Oof, the second one, the second one is a bit, bit tricky. We'll, we'll try it though. So a carbohydrate, great question, is that's going to be fruits, starchy foods, breads, pasta, potatoes, rice, sugars, sodas, candies, different things like that. And carbohydrates basically are what I would think about as high impact fuel. Carbohydrates are great. They're great for your body and they're great for refueling when you're doing something hard. If you're working outside all day and you're a construction worker, do not do this diet. You need more carbohydrates than it. But if you're sitting at a desk for the most part, this is perfect for you. So if you're out running a marathon, if you're trying to train for an ultra marathon, again, not the right, not the right protocol because you're spending so much energy. So your body needs the carbohydrates to recover from it. Most of us, we're working out what tops 90 minutes per day. So we don't need that many carbohydrates to fuel that high impact activity that we're doing. So that's kind of like the, the brief idea. Okay, great. I'm a big believer in, uh, since I read it many years ago, that getting started with an appropriate breakfast is a real important thing. Number one, do you agree? And number two, without carbohydrates, what's a healthy breakfast? Two good questions. So briefly, I wanted to address your, your previous question without getting too deep into the science. Why do I think carbohydrates in the PM? And this will kind of tie into the breakfast question as well. But Basically, we exist on a spectrum between parasympathetic nervous system dominance and sympathetic nervous system dominance. And I feel like I'm already getting too sciencey with that. But basically, it's like rest and digest. How do you feel after Thanksgiving dinner? And then over here is fight or flight. How do you feel when you're getting chased by a cheetah through the jungles, right? And so like there's this big spectrum, right? So so like normally, you know, we kind of fluctuate between here and here. We're never going like, we're never going food coma completely, but we're also never really like no one's jumping out of a bush at us and scaring us and like spiking that adrenaline. So what we want to do is during the day, we want to, we want to stay, stay towards more of that sympathetic, more of that fight or flight, where I call it shake and bake. But like, we want to be a little bit more on. Okay. Cause that's, that's where like evolutionarily we were hunters and gatherers, right? So if you're a little bit hungry, you're going to be more perceptive. You're going to have more focus. You're going to make more neural connections. So you're going to be sharper So if you're a little bit hungry, you're going to be better at your job. If you're starving, it's like it kind of, you know, it shifts too far. But if you're a little bit hungry and you're not really giving yourself like a ton of carbohydrates, staying a little bit on that side of the spectrum is a great way to live your day. Contrast that to the PM. Now it's time to tone down. We're going to break bread with our families. We're going to eat some good food and we're going to like kind of transition to like to sleep, right? So at that point, we want to shift from that sympathetic to that parasympathetic. Now we're coming over here. Now we're rest and digest. We're slowing everything down. And a meal of carbohydrates can facilitate that. As anyone who's had like a big, big meal of mashed potatoes for Thanksgiving or eating a Chipotle burrito at noon can attest when you want to like curl up under your desk at 3 p.m. So kind of going back to your breakfast question, if you're not going to have carbohydrates, if you're not going to have toast or cereal or granola or a bagel or a banana for breakfast, what should you have? Because those are all like breakfast foods, right? So I really recommend that you start your day off with a protein and a fat breakfast. Proteins come from animal products, meats. Uh, You'll get some in dairy as well. You'll be hard pressed to find it enough protein on like a vegan or vegetarian diet, in my opinion. So I like to do one of two different options. One of you a protein shake. It's really easy. It's simple. You're out the door in, in moments. You don't have to prep anything. Or number two, eggs and avocado, an awesome breakfast. 
And it gives you exactly what you need because the egg whites has the protein. The egg yolks has healthy, good fats for you. The avocado has some great, healthy monounsaturated fats. So great for your heart health and great for, think of fat as low impact fuel. So if carbs are high impact fuel, running, biking, cycling, all this stuff, then fats are low impact fuel. So that's going to help you with like your focus, your reading, going on walks, doing a project, especially if you're like an entrepreneur, you're switching your hats, you're writing a book, you're doing a presentation, you're writing your TED talk. All those different things. I think fats are going to be helpful in maintaining focus. So you want to hear my secret breakfast that no one ever tries, but is actually awesome. Sure. <laughs> I don't like to meal prep a lot of stuff. I think, you know, showing up at your grandma's house with Tupperware is kind of nerdy. So I don't think that's a good option, but I like to batch prep. So if I'm going to barbecue some chicken thighs, I'll, I'll do 12 or 15 of them at once. So if I have some of those laying around, I'll just do two chicken thighs with a quarter cup of almonds and then maybe a little tapatio hot sauce on those. But man, you feel so good when you have that in the morning, you get the right fuel in your body and most people won't try it. But if you do get a chance to, it will literally change how you view breakfast. We'll try. Huh? I will try. But one of the things, I mean, you've kind of been real reassuring for me since I've been doing most of my work from home during COVID. I know one of my wife's biggest lunch prep things is eggs and avocado. So I, I'm really, really glad to hear that I've been doing uh, without trying very hard. At least one of the two morning meals or pre-dinner meals are, are low on carbs. So that's good to hear. Since you dealt with science, I do have to ask you one other science-related question, which is probably not the most important one that I'm going to be asking you. But I've seen this before, and then I've seen it in your books. We, you haven't mentioned it, but I know you're a big believer in water, as I am, as, as the, the healthiest drink. But you said there are some dehydrating drinks, like coffee and alcohol. And How can something liquid not add hydration to your body? That's a good question. So for coffee and tea, I don't necessarily consider them like dehydrating as much as I consider them like a net neutral. Because I feel like the diuretic effect of the caffeine and the tea and the coffee can have a little bit of a, like, have a little bit of an effect of like having that run through you. So like when I'm counting ounces of water, I will not count the tea or the coffee into that. Now, on the other hand, I do feel like alcohol is an actually a dehydrating drink where it it's going to cause you, it's, it's a diuretic first, first of all. Plus it just dries, it just dries you out, dries out your tissues too. So, you know, having a vodka soda or a beer or something like that, I think is going to be negative in terms of your overall hydration. So from a science perspective, I don't exactly know how, what's happening at a cellular level to, to make that happen. So I'm, I'm not certain, I'm not certain how to, how to go deeper, but now I have to go find out after this <laughs> podcast. Well, you've given us some, some real food for thought about that or some real drink for thought. Um, <laughs> and a, a question that I have, as you're probably aware, my podcast reaches a broad range of, a broad age range of listeners, but some have been drawn through it, to it from my book on rejuvenating, which is directed at kind of the second half century of life. Uh, one of the things that has always concerned me is the fact that for a lot of people who, particularly if they're retired, and, and there's a lot of really active retirees, but for some, you know, they don't really plan ahead. They take each day as it comes. And I've, one of my laws is if, if you have nothing to do all day, it will take you all day to do it. And I 
think I, I'm wondering what advice you have for people in the, the older age ranges, both in terms of getting started and in terms of, I'm assuming that there probably are some things that they shouldn't be doing that younger people should or at least shouldn't be starting out doing it that way. What's, what's the advice for somebody getting started who's probably, who may have even, you know, been pretty active when younger, but has gotten away from it? Great question. So I have a couple a couple of things. So in this book, I, I, I have what are called my seven daily investments, because I think there's seven things that are going to be you can do every single day that's going to be, again, investments in your health, in your self-esteem, in, in all these categories that are really important. And one of them I call the final deposit. So it's basically before you go to bed at night, take what's in your brain and put it down on a piece of paper. So for a lot of entrepreneurs or business owners or people who have stuff going on that like they can't forget, this is a really powerful activity. But also if you don't necessarily have like a ton to do, this could be very impactful because it forces you to consolidate and really think deeply about, hey, what do I want to accomplish tomorrow? Tomorrow's my last day alive. What like what three things would make me feel like it was a, it was a success? So right before you go to bed, write down tomorrow. If I accomplish these things, these three things, what would they be? And like, and would they make me feel like the day that I won the day? So having that, I think gives you clarity in your mission. Basically, even if you're not like, even if you're not building a business, I think that's still something that can be like, Hey, I got to reach out to this person. I got to write a note to this person. And I got to go, I got to do my workout. And you're like, if I do those things, I'll like, that'll be, that'll be ter- terrific. So, and then the second thing is do your important tasks in the morning early. So if you don't have a ton going on, you need to be working out in the morning. It's just so important. It gets the day started on the right foot. And then working out in the afternoon is, is much harder to do. And like the rate, the drop off rate as like time goes on where you're like, Oh, I'll do it in two hours. I'll do it at four o'clock. Oh, I'll do it at six 30. Eventually that just drops to zero. Right? So if you can get up, get your water in and then go for your, go for your walk, do your workout you start the day off in such a powerful, powerful way. And you have so much more energy and momentum moving forward. So yeah, write down your tasks and then get started early. Best possible way to, to, to begin the day. Great advice. I know that there are a lot of people who don't do it and it's not a very complicated set of directions that you're giving. So I think it's it, it should really get people stimulated to get going to start thinking enough about themselves. And, and as I've pointed out to many people that, you know, when you're nowadays, when you reach 65, for example, you can count on at least a couple more decades of really, really good active life. And uh, you should plan for it just like you did for, for when you were decades younger. There's uh, so much more that I have to ask. I'm sure I'm going to have to ha- get you back, though, to answer them. But what I'd like to do before we close is have you tell us a little more about the book and where they can get it, and actually both books, uh, if assuming that you're still pushing the, the earlier one, where they can get it, and also how they can follow you. Cool, yeah. So surprisingly enough, Ron, my my first book, Passport Fitness, it didn't sell super well in 2020 for some reason. I can't even, I don't know why, but it's yeah, super, super weird. <laughs> yeah. People may not be aware of the fact it's it's about how to maintain fitness when you're traveling. So yeah. So not a lot. Didn't 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 do my best this year. But uh 
You can find both books on Amazon. This one, the million dollar body method is I'm really proud of it because I feel like a lot of books come out and it's like, Hey, here's a, here's like the, the first one step of a four part process. And by the way, if you want more, you have to buy my program. But in this way, I like, I just give all the information away. I want to make sure that like, there's something out there that has that if you could pick this up and then this it's built into as a 28 day program. Cause I'm, I wanted it to be a, okay, read the book now implement the steps. So I wanted you to be able to take this and start like, and start implementing it in your life right away. So you can, you can grab the book on Amazon, but I really try to go super in depth into why it's important. And then here's your exact next steps of what you should do. If you want to follow me on, on the onlines, you can, um, one of the best places to go is to, to work, to hang out is um, I have a Facebook community called the million dollar body community. So if you go to n8 trainingsystemscom slash group, that'll take you there. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all the, all the major platforms under N the number eight and training, Nate training. Okay, good. And do you uh, do personal training still, or is it uh, all over the internet or through your books or uh, what do you do? on it? <laughs> so 90% of what I do right now is, is online based. I do have some, I do have some programs that basically summarize, like, here's the exact meals you need to be eating. Here's the exact shopping list. Just when people who are like, okay, if I want more, how do I get that? So a lot of people are working through what I call my three phases. So first one is the framework, which is all laid out in this book. The second phase is lifestyle. How do you now take the book that the framework that you learn from the book and transform it into stuff that, that works for you and your lifestyle and your family. And then the third one is maintenance. How do you maintain this, your body, your energy, your focus for a lifetime? So that's how I normally work with people, but I do keep one or two personal training clients around because it's just so good to be in front of people and be watching their form and tweaking stuff. It keeps me much more creative on the back end. Okay, terrific. Well, I hope I've been able to express to you how great this has been and wanting to have you on for quite a while, Nate. I'm Really, really glad and proud that you've uh, come on Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser and shared your wisdom, or at least a, a good portion of it with our audience. I'm sure that many will be changing some habits in a much healthier way. So thanks again. It was really terrific. My pleasure. Uh, great talking to you. Good talking to you. And this has been Dr. Ron Kaiser. The podcast is Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Please listen, download, rate, tell your friends about the podcast. Buy Nate's book. I mean, it's it's uh, really, really going to make some difference in your life. There are, there are books that you can buy for enjoyment. There are books you can buy that will be disappointing. I guarantee you that this is a book that will make a difference in your life and you can adapt many things to where you are and follow in a, in a really terrific way. So until next time, hope you'll visit the website, mentalhealthgym.com, again, your source of all kinds of wellness information. And it's also a place where you can suggest other guests for the podcast who can help us all live our lives with enthusiasm. If you haven't picked up your book, Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser, or Rejuvenating, the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm, while you're visiting Amazon for Nate's book, you can look up mine at the same time. And in the meantime, please make sure that you're back next week when we'll have somebody else interesting to tell you how to become the best version of yourself. 
Thanks again, Nate. This is Dr. Ron Kaiser signing off.